Do you enjoy our podcasts? Help us to be able to continue creating quality content by visiting our merch store at store.another12.org. You'll find some great merch there, and the best part about it is that a portion of every purchase goes to support the work that we do. Welcome to Drippings from the Honeycomb, the official podcast of Another 12 Ministries. We are so glad that you have decided to join us as we enjoy the sweetness of God's Word one verse at a time. Hello and welcome to Episode 7 of our journey through the book of 1 Peter. In last week's episode, we talked about Peter encouraging his followers, his churchgoers, the churches he had planted, to long for the spiritual milk of the word, to long for the food that leads to salvation. In other words, he wanted them to grow, and in order to grow, they needed to be fed spiritually. And the analogy he used for that was the longing of a child that is hungry for his mother's milk. And he made this comparison that believers should have this same kind of driving hunger that should bring them to the word to be fed spiritually. And throughout the rest of chapter 2, Peter would really continue to expound on this idea of becoming mature believers, of growing up into salvation, as he says in verse 2. And the verse we're going to look at today is one of the verses that really rests on this foundation of the need believers have to be spiritually fed. And the verse we're looking at today is found in 1 Peter 2, verse 11, and it says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Now, before you have a knee-jerk reaction to this verse and say, oh no, he's getting into abstaining from the world and he's going to talk about legalism and he's going to get all rule-based on us here, that's not what Peter's actually talking about. What Peter is telling these Christians is that If you're pursuing the spiritual food, the spiritual milk, or the spiritual meat, depending on how mature you are in your salvation road, you will realize one day that you are not really part of this world. This is a moment that you come to, or perhaps a long progression of realizations in your life that Because you have been made alive by the work of Jesus Christ, because the Holy Spirit now lives in you and you are being nourished by this spiritual food, you're more and more separated from the world around you. You become less enamored with the things of the world. The pull of the world is less on you. You suddenly start to long for your true home, which is the new earth or what we would refer to as heaven, the place where we will be made perfect, where we will be able to dwell with God and with all other believers in perfect harmony, where sin will be gone, death will be gone, disease will be gone, pain will be no more, and we will live in eternity without becoming weary of the years, without the stress that comes from this fallen planet that we live on, and filled with the joy of work, serving our Lord and Savior, serving God in this perfected place. And the more you come to realize that and long for that, the more foreign this fallen world becomes. Peter wants the believers in his churches to understand 
that they are going to feel like exiles. The more they ingest the spiritual food that he talked about in verse 2, the more they will grow in their Christ-likeness and the more they will long for their permanent home and realize that they are only sojourners here on this earth. And so in verse 11, he makes this statement. He makes a statement about a fact, and then he gives them instructions based on that statement of fact. Because you are sojourners and exiles, abstain. Now, what is a sojourner anyway? Well, a sojourner is essentially someone without a home. During my childhood, I lived in only one house. When I was born, they brought me home from the hospital to that house, and I lived in that house until I got married some 23 years later. That house was home to me. That house was where I belonged. All of the Christmas pictures and the birthday pictures and the summer vacation pictures are at that house. But as I grew up and things changed, that house was sold and another family got to call that house home. And for a time, I really struggled with the fact that home wasn't my home anymore. I loved my home. I loved the house I grew up in. It had many, many wonderful memories for me. And so it was sad to think that I could no longer go to my childhood home. I couldn't bring my children to my childhood home. I couldn't go back and spend a holiday with my family at my childhood home anymore. Now, of course, I was building a new home. I was building a home with my new wife and eventually my children. And we were building new memories. But my experience of being ahead of a home was very different than my childhood experience. See, because we moved and lived in many different places, we never stayed in one place very long for any one of a number of reasons, some of which were God calling us to move from one place to another. And so I began to understand this concept of sojourning, this concept of realizing that no place was ever going to be fully home. And this is exactly what sojourn means. It means that I am staying in a place I may even stay in that place for some time, but it will never be my permanent residence. It will never be the one place that I stay. It is temporary. It will eventually go away or become inaccessible to me. But Peter doesn't just say that the believers are sojourners. He uses another word, exiles. He calls believers sojourners and exiles. So what is an exile? Well, an exile is someone who is forcibly cast out of their home. Not only do they not have a home that is permanent, that they can go to and stay at whenever they wish, they have a home that they are forbidden from going to. See, a sojourner is just someone without a permanent home, but a sojourner who is also an exile is someone who has a permanent home, but is not permitted to be there. They have been cast out for some reason. They have been removed from their original home. And at this present time, they are not permitted to return. This idea is not so different from when my family's home was sold. Not only did I no longer have the home that I grew up in, and I had to live somewhere else, this home that had always been permanent for me was now not there anymore. But it was owned by someone else and lived in by someone else. I could no longer return there. 
I would not be welcome if I did try to return there. And this is an incomplete and imperfect analogy because our home had been sold. It had not been taken from us. But an exile is forcibly cast out. It would have been more accurate if someone had taken over our home and violently thrown out our family. That would have been more the picture of what an exile looks like. So why does Peter call the believers who are children of the king, children of God, saved by the work of Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters and co-heirs with Jesus, why does he call them sojourners and exiles? Well, you see, because Peter understood where man actually belonged. Peter understood that man was supposed to be in a place that would allow him to flourish for all eternity and be in perfect fellowship with God. And he knew that because that's what the Bible shows us in Genesis 1, that God had created this perfect eternal place for man. He had set it all up for man. He had put man in that place. He had come to that place daily to fellowship with man, and that in that place there was no sin, no death, no sorrow, no hardship, no trial, no tears. There was perfect unity between man and God and between human beings. And that's where man actually belongs, is in that place. But because of sin, God removed man from that home. God threw him out and forbid him to come back. And so the world was changed into this temporal place. Man was doomed to die. The world was doomed to be destroyed. It was all going to end in destruction. But Jesus came and changed all that. And so these believers now had a hope. They had a hope of a future on a perfected and recreated earth where they would have perfect fellowship with each other and with Jesus Christ. And because of their salvation, that is not a future hope, that is a now hope. All believers have a now hope of being with Jesus on the resurrected earth. That is something we actively look forward to, but it's not a hope that we say, well, someday we hope that we'll be able to hope that we get there. It's, no, I know that I'm going to heaven and I'm going to be with Jesus. That's a hope I have right now. In fact, it's so much a hope that I realize that I don't belong on this fallen world anymore. I am a sojourner. I'm also an exile because through the seed of Adam, where sin came down to all mankind, I too was cast out of fellowship with God, cast out of the Garden of Eden because the sin of Adam affected me. But because of Jesus, I am now born into a new life as a believer, and I am already in eternity. Now you might say, how is that possible? You're going to die. Yes, I am. But death is just a transition from my life here on earth into the life I belong in. Eternity with Jesus Christ. Eternity with God. Eternity with my brothers and sisters who are also in Christ. This is a now hope. In fact, it's what theologians refer to as the already-not-yet tension. My future in eternity is secure. I just don't have it yet because I'm still living this life here on earth 
because God has willed me to live this life here on earth. He wants me to live this life on earth and he wants me to grow in relationship with him. And when his plan for me is accomplished, he will call me home. And so as a believer here on this fallen earth, I am both a sojourner, someone without a home. I will never find eternal rest here on this earth. And I am also an exile. Because apart from the work of Jesus Christ, I have been cast out from having fellowship with God. I have no place in eternity in the new world that is created except for through Jesus Christ. And that's what Peter wants his churches and his readers throughout the ages to understand. Sojourners isn't a nice buzzword to describe the longing for a heavenly home. It is a fact. We are sojourners here on this earth as believers waiting for eternity, and we are exiles from the original design of this earth because God cast out Adam and Eve when they sinned in the garden. Now, Peter's not done there, though. Peter goes on to say, listen, because this is true, because you are sojourners and exiles, you have to do something. See, you have this hope that The future is going to be different. God is going to recreate the earth. He's going to make this place where you'll be in perfection. He's going to bring you into fellowship with himself. And because of that, you're not to live the same way. You're not to live like earth is your home because it is not. This fallen world is going to pass away. Your home is the new earth that God is going to create. And because of that fact, you must abstain from the passions of the flesh. In other words, sin. You must abstain from sin. Why? Because sin is what got you here. Sin is what made you an exile. Jesus' work on the cross is what made you a sojourner. See, the ones who don't have Jesus, the people who do not have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, they are not sojourners. They are just exiles. In order to be a sojourner, you must have no home in the place you're at, but have a home somewhere else. We have a permanent home we are going to go to. We're in a place where we can't go to it yet, so we sojourn here on this earth. But we will go to our permanent home someday. But if you are not saved by the work of Jesus Christ, if you have not cried out to him for his salvation, then you don't have a future home with him in eternity and you are not a sojourner, you are simply an exile who stands in danger of eternal judgment. So why must sojourners and exiles, believers, abstain from the passions of the flesh? Well, Peter makes it very clear. They wage war against your soul. What are these passions of the flesh? Well, they're sin. They're anything that is contrary to the law of God. Anything that is contrary to the revealed will of God in his word. In other words, anything that takes you away from God is a passion of this world. Now, Paul goes much deeper into this idea in Romans 13, 12 through 14, when he says, The night is far gone, the day is at hand, so then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, nor in sexual immorality and sensuality, nor in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify 
its desires. Now, don't misunderstand Paul there either. He's not saying don't feed yourself, don't wash yourself, don't dress yourself, don't go out and spend time with people you love. Those are not the desires of the flesh he's talking about. Obviously, our flesh needs things. Our physical body needs things. We need food. We need water. Without those things, we die. We need clothing. We need shelter. We need loved ones around us to support and encourage us through the difficult times in life. That's not what he's talking about. And he makes it very clear. And he kind of brackets these whole areas that he is telling believers, you must stay away from this. You must stay away from things that are out of control. Any deep indulgences, orgies and drunkenness. You need to stay sexually pure. Stay away from immorality and sensuality. You need to stay away from infighting. No quarreling, no jealousy. In other words, you need to follow the will of God as it's revealed in the scriptures. James would go on to say this in his letter. And the writings of James are really fascinating because they are very brief and hard-hitting. They go straight to the point. James does not mince words with his audience. And in James 4.1, he says this, What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this? that your passions are at war within you. James was making it clear. Peter was making it clear. Paul was making it clear. The passions that drive you to the world and away from Jesus are sin and they must be abandoned. Why? Because you have a future hope. This is not your home. You are a sojourner. You have a hope of being in eternity with God, being made perfect, and being in perfect fellowship with the church and with God himself. Because of that, you must live as a stranger on this earth, abstaining from the passions that are unique to this fallen place. In short, seek God, shun sin, and look forward with expectant hope for the eternity that will begin when Jesus comes back to take you to be with himself. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Drippings from the Honeycomb. If you would like to learn more about Another 12 Ministries and the work that we are doing to train youth ministry leaders to bring the gospel to young people, visit another12.org. If you would like to support our ministry, click on the donate link in the description below.